This podcast is sponsored by Compass Coaching Limited. Compass Coaching, there when you're facing the questions and course corrections of life, helping people like you find their true north. Now, on to the fun bits. Hi, everyone. Thanks for letting me be part of your day. I'd like to explore the idea of walls with you today. Everyone experiences them at some point, so let's get into it. Film has the unrefuted power to display art imitating life, and I'm reminded of this female character in the movie, an officer and a gentleman called Sugar Bridges. There's a recurring theme in this Marine Cadet story how she can't get over the wall in their training obstacle course. The climax of her lesson comes when the Richard Gere character, at this point in his own self-discovery, returns for her while she's on the wall to encourage her over that wall. The mental wall got her every time, but because of his voice in her ears, her head, his yelling, get your sugar britches over the wall, don't let that wall climb you, you climb that wall, or something like that, she makes it over. The physical strength was only part of the challenge. The majority of the fight was the battlefield of her mind. He got into her head, and she believed the voice, ergo believed in herself, and found the drive to figure out a way over. She found the way over her wall. Walls are a great metaphor, I think, because they represent so many forms of obstacles in our private thought lives. Boundaries, borders, do we go over the wall or through the wall? Do we break down the wall, find a way under the foundation to come out from the other side of the wall? We hit the proverbial wall. We surmount walls. My favorite is we back ourselves into the corners of walls. But they can also be fortitudes, meant to be constructed, deconstructed, even destructed, and then reconstructed. That's a lot of structing. And if they keep popping up, they help us. Sometimes help us back into the truth. When I started thinking about walls, I was like, oh my gosh, I need a blooming decorator. I have so many walls in my mind. Let's hang a painting. Find me a picture, somebody. And I was working with somebody recently who brought to my attention that walls are also the structure encasing and supporting doors and windows. And it struck me that we can literally walk through the walls of our mind anytime we want to if we know where that door is, if we have the key to unlock it, and we understand how to turn a knob. It also resonates with me that when we look through a window, we can see what's on the other side before we move through that wall. And sometimes seeing what awaits us is what keeps us from opening the door. Fear, trepidation, essentially, right? Do you ever feel that way? Maybe I'm the only one. So why does this matter? What I want to share with you, or maybe just remind you, is that walls always serve us in some way or form, positively or negatively, but they do serve us. In 2001, I was living in New York City, and I was at Ground Zero on 9-11. I was working at 2 Rector Street, which was about 10 puddle jumps south of the towers, and at one point in the middle of all the confusion, I'd assembled a number of colleagues to take home with me to the West Village because everybody lived in the boroughs, and no one at that point was getting off the island, and someone I don't remember who ran up to me and said, hey, Mary, your gym is allowing landline use. Because at that point, we were getting really spotty service on our mobiles. So instead of starting everybody up Church Street towards 6th, which would have taken us directly past the towers, in that moment, I ran closer to the epicenter to hop on a call to let my roommate know, number one, I was not dead, and that I would 
two, be bringing home about 15 people to our 350 square foot apartment for dinner and to please stock up on some wine, cigarettes, and Chinese takeout for about 20 people. I was halfway through that message when the walls of World Trade Center 2 literally came tumbling down around us and everything went black. We all ran into the basement to take cover, to help each other, to try to calm each other down. And we started soaking washcloths with water to filter the air so that we could breathe better and handed them out like candy at a parade as people came rushing in for protection from the fallout. And when I finally made my way back upstairs, the glass walls of the gym we'd hoped to see through and discover our next steps were caked with the darkest black film of matter I'd ever seen. It was like night. I couldn't make out if there was still light on the other side of the windows, but it was around 10 a.m. and it had been a beautiful bluebird sky that morning before the chaos had started, so I knew it was still early in the day. But, you know, time also had no meaning at that point. And then the second tower came down. And after what seemed like only a few minutes, a man came bursting through the doors and said that we should start making our way down to the water because they were assembling any vessel to ferry people from Battery Park City to, I don't know, someplace else. And that if we were going to move, we needed to move. Well, I'd connected with a few people during this time period and we decided to go as a group and start walking south. We didn't know what would happen, what the next shoe would be to drop, but we knew that we couldn't stay here. Well, unfortunately, a few minutes later, the others decided to wait for help to move some folks. And I knew that if I was going to move, I was going to move on my own. And I looked at those black glass walls and I couldn't see anything on the other side. But I didn't see any other alternative than to keep moving at that point. So I had to face my reality that if I left the security (laughs) of a gym basement with about 100 scared and confused people, I'd be going it alone. So I decided to trust this inner voice that was compelling me, I can't even explain it, just to keep moving forward and leave what I'd known as my shelter for almost three to four hours, praying together with injured people and bandaging legs and foreheads and calming others the best that I could and try to make my way on foot completely alone to the waterfront, not even knowing that if I could see directionally to make my way south, I just knew that south was a right-handed exit out of the gym. So when I stepped outside through that physical wall and through the mental wall of my mind, not knowing what was on the other side, I was greeted by the stillest quiet I'd ever not heard. The light was grunge or a powdery orange gray, and the smell was an acrid, sweet, burnt metal and heat. And I remember I had on these gray sneakers that when I took a step, they would disappear into a dirt drift, like a snow drift. And I trudged through wet washcloth pressed to my mouth, providing my only barrier so I could sort of breathe until I got reached what seemed like normal air and sunshine. I'd walk through this wall of deathly dust and been protected from sights, I'm sure, that wouldn't make it into my nightmares about that day, thank God. It was surreal enough what I'd experienced and into, I walked smack dab into this wall of people just stacked upon people clamoring to board anything at the South End going anywhere but they'd, where they'd been. And I recall that experience of multiple walls for you because that trauma 
led to a number of fresh, new concrete walls I began to build for myself, to protect myself. And that led to more pain. But I learned as time went on, as I broke through, tore down, pushed over, crawled under, opening windows, digging, scaling, and leaping over my own inner walls, I had more strength than I thought I did. Kind of like walking, walking through that grunge glass door on September 11th. Kind of like Sugar Britches got over her wall. So the walls that litter our path. You know, I learned to create intention and a concrete grit of my own and decided that I would not waste my pain. I decided for myself what a successful relationship looked like, but more importantly, what it would not look like and what I would not settle for. I also learned along the way that if I pursued an understanding of why I was making the choices that I was, rather than continuing on autopilot and playing out what seemed to be the reasonable recipe for success, I stopped lamenting over why I'd lived that day when so many others, some friends, had perished and quit listening to everyone who wanted my attention and started seeking wisdom from those who I knew had my interests at heart, who could gain nothing from my achievements and who guided my authentic self in some ways, even before I discovered parts of my own authenticity. I started looking at these walls from a different view as the building blocks of my life. If we shift how we perceive a circumstance, What does the wall represent in our world throughout our process? What is the wall teaching about choices, decisions, intentions, ugliness, vulnerability, relationship patterns? I don't know, whatever. I could go on and on, right? It's like we're looking through a kaleidoscope wall of many colored bricks. We face the light and turn the glass and by just one course correction, we gain all new percipients. We keep adjusting those tiny colored bricks and our intentions shift and begin to reveal how our pain and choices, everything that happens to us, whatever we've allowed to happen, and even those horrible things that others have done to us that we had no control over, serve us if we open ourselves to them as the building blocks we've bumped up against and use them to create positive impact for those cast of characters running on and off the stage throughout our own life story. Every detail, every hurt, every success and failure I've experienced, they may not have been the perfect plan design, but they are nonetheless powerful threads of strength and hope woven into the tapestry of my own life. There's this verse in the Bible, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. I cannot look back on that experience or many others and not recognize that I was covered by a grace and mercy like a warm, tightly stitched quilt created by one who loves me, loves us beyond all measure. We're covered head to toe by grace, mercy, nudging us to come out from under the covers to manifest a good and perfect and purposeful design unique to each person. There is no trick or quick fix to walls or barriers. The victory on the battlefield of our mind is knowing that they don't define or dictate our possibility, our potential, or our promise. 
We are designed on purpose for purpose. Choosing to course correct when we're confronted by life's challenges will reveal new patterns and opportunities to our bricklayers. You guys, we're colorful and brightful and we're beautiful because my friends, we don't do grunge walls. If you're interested in learning more about walls, getting clarity about them, breaking them down or any other roadblock or transition, head on over to my website, compasscoaching.com. That's coaching with a K, C-O-M-P-A-S-S-K-O-A-C-H-I-N-G.com. You can also email me at info at compasscoaching.com. And until next time, keep discovering your true north. Special media thanks and credit to Ben Sound for today's musical vibes.